Okay, why don't we go ahead and we'll read the title for tonight. Has everybody got the outline? Let's all read the title with a strong spirit. Ready? Go. God's creation of man. Image and likeness for his expression. So this is kind of like part one of a kind of a two-part message. Next week we'll touch uh, the second part of this, which is dominion. But tonight we want to emphasize that man was created in God's image and likeness for his expression. And if you remember, you know, last week we realized that with each day when God created there was different life forms that God created, and there was a kind of a gradual maturity in life. So I need six brothers to come up here right now. How about these four right here? One, two, three, four. It fell off again, sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six. Can you all come up? And Jesse, too. Okay, and you all just line up right here. Okay, let's try that. Okay, you can spread out a little bit. Jesse needs to be in the middle. Okay, do we have... I need, I need one more brother. Okay, Austin, you can't escape. All right, so... On the third day, what happened? The dry land appeared. Do you all remember that? And that's a picture of the resurrection of Christ. And once that dry land appeared, different life forms began to appear on the earth. Do you all remember what the first life form was? Grass. Okay, so you hold this picture up right here. Grass. Can you all see it? Okay, does anybody remember what the second life form was? Second one was herbs. Herbs. There's some herbs there. Okay. Try to put it in front of your face if you don't mind, brothers, because I want them I want them to see this. Good. Okay, then what was the third one? Do you all remember? Trees, fruit trees, right? There's a nice big fruit tree there. Okay, then right in the middle on the fourth day, something happened. Do you all remember what happened on the fourth day? There was an intensity of light, the sun, the moon, and the stars, something more definite. And so we have the light. Very good. There was an intensity of light. You know, in the, uh, you know, when God said, let there be light, the first day it was somewhat indefinite, but this was something very, very definite. And after that intensity of light with the sun, the moon, and the stars, the life form started going up. So what was the next one? Do you all remember the next life form? Fish. Okay. So there was fish. Okay, put that fish up there. Okay. Then what was the what was the form after the fish? Birds. Okay. So we have a bird right here. And then lastly, before the creation of man, what was the next life form? The beasts of the field, the cattle. So we have a real cow right here. Right. <laughs> so you have to see, there's a real progression here in these life forms. 
Okay, with this life form right here, it's, it's filled with life, it's green, not much expression there. With this one, a little more expression, but no face. With this one, even more expression, fruits coming out, but still no face. Then the light came. Now this one here has a little bit of a face, but no neck. <laughs> the eyes are there, the mouth is there. There's a little bit of a face, a little more expression. And then the bird, even more expression there. There's a face, there's a neck, but still it's somewhat limited. You never know if a bird really is happy or it's sad or it's upset or it's mad at you or it's jealous or anything like that. You look at a bird, a bird just waiting for you to feed it, right? Okay, then the next one, a little more definite in expression, the cow. There's something there a little more definite. There's much more than that, right? Okay, then... At this point in time, after all these life forms have been brought forth, there's a pause in the universe. Everything before that, on the second day, on the third day, on the fourth day, on the fifth day, right one after another, there's no pause. Then all of a sudden, there's a pause in the whole universe because God is getting ready to create the very maturity of life that would express him. So I need these three brothers to come up with your chairs. One, two, three. Okay, y'all come on up. Bring your chair up. You know, you know, and uh, y'all face one another. Don't look at them, just face one another. Okay, sit down. Father, Son, Spirit. It's the counsel of the triune God. Okay, you know, it's very interesting. In verse 26a, which is right under Roman number 1. Let's read Roman number 1 first. Ready? Go. The conference of the Godhead initiating the maturity of all created life, man. And then let's read 126a. Ready? Go. Let us make man. Have you ever been like with your roommates Saturday night, Friday night, and your roommates say, let's, let's go eat Chinese food. And then another one says, no, let's go eat Mexican food. Then another one says, no, let's go to this place. And basically when you say let's, you're considering you haven't made a decision yet. You're just in a kind of a conferencing mode right there. At this point in time, the triune God slowed down and said, let us make man in our image. Actually, it's not until 27 that he actually does the creating. So here's the triune God, and they're just considering. Here they are, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and they're saying, you know, the Father says to the Son, you know, those first three days, not bad. There's, you know, it's life, but don't see much expression. Then the sun comes over to the spirit. Hey, spirit, you know, when that fourth day light came, I like that fish. It's, it's good. It's good. Uh, but still, it's kind of lacking in the spirit. Says to the father, father, 
That bird, that was that was that was great when you did that bird flying, you know, overcoming, you know, and then and then the father says, Yeah, but the cow, look at that. More expression. Ears, nose, mouth, look at you just looking at you, just more expression. And they're and they're just there and they're going. This is really good. They're considering one another. But it's not the maturity of life. And eventually they said, okay, now let us make man. Let us make man. Okay, try and God, bring that man over there. Bring that man. Come on, you all get up and bring man up to the middle. Right up to the middle. In the middle. Okay. This right here, man, and the triune God, can you imagine how happy he was when man was created? Here's man, not just man, but man made in God's image after his likeness. I mean, this is, this is like the pinnacle of his creation is to have man that would express him, has the potential to express him and represent him on the earth just like him. Just like him. You know, you have to realize, no sin yet, no fall yet, no damage yet, no self yet, nothing negative had gotten into man yet. And you looked at him and you just saw, wow, that's like a photograph. It looks just like God. It's so close. There's nothing negative there. You know, God, you have to believe at this point in time when man was created, God was very, very happy. There was rejoicing when this man was created because he had the potential to fully express God. And, you know, as our brother shared with us before, right after the creation of man, what did God say? He blessed them. And what did he say? Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. You know what I want? I want this multiplied over the whole earth. I want my image just to fill the whole earth. That's why man is so valuable to God. Because every time there's a man, you meet someone, there's another person that has the potential to express God and to represent God on the earth. That's why man's special. There's a real sanctity to human life. You know, because this right here is the highest thing in God's creation. It's it's just like him. Okay, thank you, brothers. Y'all can sit down. Now, let's go ahead and read Genesis 126 and 27. Ready? How about sisters on 26, brothers on 27? Okay, ready? Go. And God says, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of heaven, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over Go ahead, brothers. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Good. Okay. It's interesting. 27 is when he does the creating. 26 is the conference, the consideration. Then, if you look at little uh, A there, you see that first one? Let's read A together. Ready? Go. With... Okay. Listen, man has something inward. Every one of us has something inward. Don't we all have some type of intellect, some type of wisdom? Don't we all have an emotion? Don't we all have a will? All of us have something inward within man. 
And it's very interesting there because it says in number one, let's read number one together. Ready? Go. Okay, let's read that verse, 2 Corinthians 4 4. Ready? Good. So, number two says, We're made in God's image. Then it says, Christ is the image of God. Then it says, Man was created in Christ's image. Because Christ is the image of God, so we're made in Christ's image. And of course, I have that verse, and God created man in his own image. So, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but do you realize that your intellect, your emotion, your will is absolutely something that's made according to Christ's image? It's really something. There's a big difference, and that is our wisdom limited, our emotions limited, our will limited. It's a big difference between our emotions, Christ's emotions. Our will, Christ's will, okay? But close, very, very close. Okay, you think about it. You know, we have a certain amount of wisdom, right? But let me tell you, Christ is rich in wisdom. You know, there's a, there's a verse in, in Romans 11. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. In other words, the riches of his wisdom. You know, our, our wisdom compared to Christ's wisdom is just a shadow. Okay, then, how about this? How about Christ's love? Okay, today we love somebody. Tomorrow they cross us. They, they do something to offend us. What happened to that love? It's fleeing. It's like a bird. It just flies away. It's so fickle. It's like an elevator. It's just going up and down. Today I love you, Philip. Then you do something to me tomorrow. Not so happy with you. Tomorrow, three days later, I love you, Philip. The next day, you did that again to me. I don't love you so much. It's just that's that's the human emotion. Fickle. Up and down. But you know what it says in Jeremiah? He says, I have loved you. Now listen to this. With an eternal love. Limitless. There's no limit to his love. It's so rich, his love. You just consider our will. Okay, with Christ, you know what Christ was rich in? I don't know if you ever considered this when it comes to his will. Rich in obedience. Rich in obedience. Obedient to the Father's will. Very, very rich. How about our will? Rich in stubbornness. Rich in disobedience. Uh, You know, I was just thinking, I was just thinking, okay, what about our will during our daily life? Everything's going fine, Kristen. You're fine, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're at HEB, and this lady, an older lady, is in front of you, and she pulls out a check. And, you know, you've got the credit card. You're ready to just and go. And her hand's going like this, trying to fill out the, the check. And you're going, lady, come on, let's catch up. It's 2013. <laughs> you know, that's God's will to put you in that line at HEB. That's God's will. 
You know what a big red flag that we are not being obedient to God's will is? It begins with C. You know what the C word is? We complain. Sometimes it gets so bad we even complain to the person next to us in line. Sometimes it gets so bad we might even complain to the lady, right? Every time complaining comes out, disobedience. You're not obeying the will. The will puts you in that line. How about this? What do you think Christ would be doing in that line? I know we're, you know, we're not in the realm of what would Christ do. But just consider, what would Christ be doing in that line? How about praying for that lady's salvation? How about praying for that lady? It's a big difference, isn't it? It's a big difference. Okay, brothers, you're on I-35. I don't even need. I think I don't even think I need to say anymore, right? <laughs> You're driving along. Somebody cuts you off. <laughs> you know they. You know they, your windows closed because you get the AC on, so they can't hear anything. But. <laughs> That was God's will that you're in I-35 in that lane. Are you obedient to God's will or complaining? Okay, let me tell you something. This salvation that we have, and I want you to touch this, is not a low salvation. It's not merely a ticket to get out of a bad place. I, I want you to realize this. This salvation we have is deep and it's far-reaching. And it wants to gain every part of your being. It wants to gain your thinking. It wants to gain your feelings. And it wants to gain your will. It is a rich and thorough and full salvation. This, this is why we have to go deeper tonight. We can't just stay on the surface. Oh, I'm made in God's image. I like those pictures you put up there, Neil. That's kind of cool. That's neat. No, no. I want you to see you're made in God's image to express him. This is why you're made. And in all the aspects of our daily life, he wants to be expressed. He wants to be lived out. And when that begins to happen, full salvation. And we're not talking about a salvation in the by and by in the future. We're talking about today, full salvation. When you're expressing God, that's when you're the most happy. You're satisfied. You're fulfilled as a human being when God is being expressed in your being. Okay, so here's my question to you all. We're made in God's image. And the image of God is Christ. So we're really made in the image of Christ. Why? Why are we made in the image of Christ? Okay, Mindy, you agree we're made in the image of Christ? Second yes. Corinthians four four. Aaron, do you agree? Why? Why are we made in the image of Christ? What is God's intention to make us in the image of Christ? Okay, now I'll ask another question to answer my question. Okay, you know, I got my bag tonight. Okay. Why was this made right here? Why was this made? What was the intention of the manufacturer? Why did he make this? Okay, brother, come on up here, David. 
Okay, David, you're a young freshman. Where are you from? I'm from Laredo. From Laredo, okay. Uh-huh. What are you studying? Come on up here. I'm studying... You don't look like you're from Laredo. <laughs> Okay. All right. So David's here from Laredo. What are you studying? Uh, mechanical engineering. Uh-oh. Mechanical engineering. I got a smart one up here. See this right here? What is it? It's a glove. Good. And w- All right. You passed the first test. Good. Now, David, number two. Okay. What is this made in the image of? Our left hand. Very good. I would have just said a hand, left hand. Very good. Okay. Now, you have a glove. It's made in the image of the hand. What is the intention, the purpose of the manufacturer? Uh, to keep our hands warm. Okay. You're, you're, or, or protect the hand. Okay. <clears throat> David, this is the intention, that one day the hand would get into that glove. That's the intention. And, of course, yes, the, the, the issue of that is warm, protection, all those things. But the ultimate intention is that that hand would get in. So put that on. Okay. Yeah, left hand. Very good. Oh, this is warm. Yes. Okay, you, you might need it in a few months here. Okay? All right. Now, okay, I need another person with a small hand. Okay, who's here with a small hand? Okay, come on up, Anais. You know, I asked my daughter, I said, please get me some gloves. And she's looking at me crazy like, Daddy, what do you want gloves for? And then I shared with her what I'm, about, what I'm sharing with you all. And she goes, wow, that's good. <laughs> okay, now, this is a little glove. See this little glove here? What is this made in the image of? My left hand. Ah, very good. And what is the intention of the manufacturer? To be filled, to fill the glove with my hand. Okay, put that on. Good. Okay, then I need Chris. Come on up, Chris Alisea. Chris, what is this? A glove. Okay. What? It's made in the image of what? A hand. Okay. What is it? What's the intention? Why did the manufacturer make this? Put my hand in it. Yes. Put your hand in it. Okay. Now, that one might not be so easy. Okay, so go ahead and put your hand in it. Little by little. We might need to get a brother to help him here. Okay. Not so easy, right? Okay. Okay, that's the way we are when the Lord's trying to get into us. Kind of like, kind of like that. Okay, now. You all put, now put, up, put, up, put those hands up. Put your hand up. Okay, now. Tell me about these gloves here. Are they the same? No. One's blue, one's small, one's warm. They're all different, right? Okay, let me tell you something. In God's eyes, everyone's different, but they have the same purpose. That's to be filled with God. That's why we're made. We're made in God's image. I don't care what you look like. I don't care if you're smart or you're not so smart. If you're small or you're big, it doesn't matter. With God's intention, no matter who you are, you're made to contain God. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, you, it's okay. You don't need to clap now. I'm not finished. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so... 
every one of you would agree with me that when that glove got put on the hand, wasn't that glove like a vessel that contained the hand? It's a vessel, right? Now, what if I had come up here and I said, okay, let's fill this hand with jello, this glove with jello? It would seem a little strange, wouldn't it? It's not made to be filled with jello. How about if I put sand in those gloves? Would you all like that? How about when you get sand in your gloves, how do you feel? <laughs> Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. What if I put rocks in the glove? Is it made for that? You know what? That's exactly the way we are. Exactly the way we are when we put something else into us other than God Himself. Exactly the way. You know, you put something in, and I'm not even talking about sinful things. I'm not talking about that. We put something else in, and we just sense, I'm not made for this. This is, I am not made for this. Okay? But when God gets in, and we get filled with God, you just sense destiny purpose satisfaction i'm made for this right here okay brothers sisters we are vessels okay let's have sisters on 921 let's go ahead and read number three and then read 921 sisters ready three go okay 21 sisters Brothers 23. What is a vessel good for? Tell me. What is a vessel good for? To contain. That's what it's good for. Okay, let's all read together 2 Corinthians 4 7. Ready? Go. have this treasure in earthen vessels okay you know what sometimes you might hear someone say that man is a great instrument of god he's a great worker for god great tool of god you know it's not in the bible instrument tool but again and again and again you know what's in the bible vessel Vessel, Man is a vessel to contain God. Even when Paul was called on the road, you know, to Damascus, he says, he told Ananias, go. This man is a chosen vessel to bear my name to the Gentiles. In other words, in God's eyes, even the apostle was just a vessel, not a great instrument, not a great tool, but a vessel. And when you see it, Listen, when you see it, that you're a vessel, you wake up, Kristen, you need to put on your mirror, vessel, vessel, Mindy, vessel, Aaron, vessel, Danielle, vessel. You see it. What am I supposed to be doing today? Aaron, what am I supposed to be doing today? I'm a vessel. What, what do I need to do if I'm a vessel? Oh, yes. You see it, David. You realize I have to be filled. I'm a vessel. That's what I am. I'm a vessel. I need to be filled with the Lord. Okay. 
And as the Lord comes into us, of course, and, and when we're regenerated, Christ comes into us. But he wants to fill our mind. He wants to fill our emotion. He wants to fill our will. And this is what is called transformation. Let's go ahead and let's read, transform and conform to the image of Christ. Let's read 2 Corinthians 3.18. Ready? Go. As you're beholding him, there is a marvelous work of transformation that's happening in our being. He's spreading into our mind, spreading into our emotions. He's spreading into our will until eventually we're filled with Christ and we're expressing him to the universe. Well, you know, the, that first verse I have there is Philippians 2.5. Okay, let's read that. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. We have a mind, but we have to let this mind be in us. So I had this experience where I was working. I was in very close quarters. My boss was here and I was here. Two tables sit next to each other. And uh, so... um, one day he comes in there and he just does something very overtly to try to tempt me to look at something. He just does it overtly. And there was a kind of an indignation inside of me. Lord, we cannot allow this to happen at work, this type of thing. And so I, at that time I was praying with some brothers in a regular way. And I got with them the next day. I said, brothers, we've got to pray about this situation at work. And so we started to pray, and of course my thought, first of all, was bind the devil, bind the enemy, deal with the enemy. And so we, we started praying in that, in that kind of, you know, form. We were praying in that way. But here's the thing that was happening. As we're praying, we were beholding and reflecting the glory of the Lord. We started to enjoy the Lord. You know what the Lord began to pray? It was nothing to do with the devil, nothing to do with binding the enemy. Do you know what the Lord began to pray in us? Save my boss. You know what? That was letting his mind into my mind. You know what? We went in one way and we came out another way. And this is exactly what happens to us. You go in one way, your mind with all its natural concepts and opinions and ideas... You made one mistake. You touched the God of the universe. And when you touch the God of the universe, he spreads his mind into your mind. Eventually, there's the image of Christ stamped in its place. Okay, then what about emotions? You know, we've had a number here that have gone to this Bible training out on the West Coast. And, uh, you know, you go out to this Bible training, they, they put you with somebody. It's called a gospel partner or something like that, GP, right? And, uh, you know, it's interesting. The Lord knows exactly who to put you with. And a lot of times you just don't like that person. Any of of those people that went to that Bible training and that happened to anybody out here? You know, just didn't get along with them too good. It's like, man, when is this semester going to be over? I can't stand this person. But, you know, here's the problem. 
And I've heard this testimony a lot. You got to pray together. And you got to pray together regularly. And you know what? You've got to touch the living Christ together. And you know what happens when you touch the living Christ together? That person that you didn't like, the love of Christ gets shed abroad in your heart. Let's read Romans 5 5. Ready? Go. You know what happens? The love gets poured out. It's amazing. I've talked to some of these people that come back from this Bible training. They are so close to that person now. They want to go visit them. When they get married, they got to go to their wedding. You know, they're all, they, just, they just love this person. What happened? The love of Christ spread, spread into their emotions. Okay, then what about the will? Oh, I like the will. Let's read Philippians 2.13. Ready? Go. Okay, God operates in you the willing, willing. Okay, I've talked to so many people. Okay, they come to a meeting. Let's say it's Lord's Day morning, and we're going to speak Christ. Okay, I'm going to the meeting, but I'm not saying anything. I am not speaking in this meeting. As Carrie says, I'm hiding behind the lady with the highest hairdo. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to say anything in this meeting. But, you know, you made one mistake. You came to the meeting. That's the mistake you made. And you're there and you're under the infusion of Christ as, as one believer and another believer stands up to speak. There's an infusion of Christ into your being. And all of a sudden, this person that said, I am not going to speak in this meeting, they're standing up. And they're speaking. And Christ is flowing out. What happened, Carrie? The hairdo came down or whatever. (laughs) What happened? You know what happened? Christ, his will, spread into your will. Okay, I had this one experience where, you know, I I was having a time with the Lord in the morning. And at a certain point, this is when I was quite young, the Lord says, okay, now you need to go preach the gospel. And I was petrified to go preach the gospel. Petrified. I I had such a big face. I didn't want to lose my face. I was so scared to say anything to anyone. And uh, but I had a speaking. It was definite. You need to speak to people. And uh, so one day I was out on the campus and there was this guy sitting down there on the grass. And uh, I was walking by and the Lord said, speak to him. I mean, it was so clear, the speaking. You need to speak to him. And I just kept walking by. I took one step, and the, the Lord came in and said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It was such a strong speaking inside. Turned around. <laughs> And I just blabbered. I don't even know what I said to the guy. It wasn't great. But you know what? The thing that was great was his will moved into my will. And that is eternal, what happens right there. Okay, eventually, we need to have lots, 
lots of little experiences as we're beholding and reflecting the Lord's mind, his thinking, what's valuable, what's not valuable. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll talk to students. I'm not thinking about anybody in here, so don't get subjective. Don't get subjective. I'm not thinking about anybody in here. I say, hey, hey, Chris, can you come to a, meet, a home meeting on Friday night? No man's land. You don't touch Friday night. No way. That's my night. You know, one brother was telling us, I won't tell you who it is. (laughs) He said, that was his night for sushi and something else. You know, I couldn't remember. And I realized, whoa, Friday night, that's a stronghold. But, you know, eventually what happens is, again, people touch the triune God. There's an infusion there. And all of a sudden, they're so willing to give up Friday night. And they're willing to be in the homes. You know what? This is real. This is not a fairy tale about one day you're going to go to a place. This is now. The Lord wants to save us now. He wants to move into our thinking, move into what's valuable to us. Is Friday night valuable or is Christ in the church valuable? You see what I'm saying? And again, I'm not thinking about anybody, but I just know that as he moves into your thinking, you realize, wow, no, to be with those people, to be in the word that's valuable. I don't want to miss that. I have four years here at school, and it's going to go by so fast. And I do not want to miss that. It's valuable. But that only comes as we're touching the Lord, and he moves into our being, and we realize, no, I want to choose the better part. I want to choose what's valuable. Okay, I pretty much ran out of time. The second part it talks about that we have a body that's in his likeness. And I will just say this just to wrap up, because my burden really was on image. But it does say that we have the likeness of God outwardly. And, uh, and so there's, we have an outward form. And God has an outward form, because we have Philippians 2, 6, who existing in the form of God. And eventually, you know, the problem is with our outward form, it's filled with sin and death, right? But there is a day coming when even the outward form is going to be transfigured. So let's all read Philippians 3.21 together. Ready? Go. Lastly, you have the New Jerusalem where God is expressed for eternity, having, it says, the glory of God.